Welcome to Cancel Culture, the business of law podcast brought to you by Byfield. All right, hi. Uh, welcome back to Council Culture. Um, to start with, uh, we're just going to say that we're, um, we're doing this episode from home. We've got quite a few gremlins with, uh, with our equipment this week. So sincere apologies if we sound uh, terrible. Uh, we'll be back to normal next week with actual equipment. Um, but yeah, today I'm joined by Ben again. Hi, Ben. How are you doing? Hey, hey, Meg. Not too bad. I'm glad it's Friday. It's been a busy old week. How about you? How are you doing? Yeah, I'm, I'm good. I am indeed very happy that it's Friday. Uh, but let's kick off with um, this week's uh, news. And um, let, let's start with, I mean, the elephant in the room again. Um, yesterday night, Crystal published this six-page article on LinkedIn um, about where the Magic Circle firms were going. Um, and obviously, that brought a lot of noise at least on LinkedIn it was published um onto a few legal trades and in the national press as well um I mean what were your initial thoughts on that then well it's it's interesting isn't it um as ever I think Chris has timed his um uh the 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 release of his paper really well it's a culmination of I think of a few weeks of there being quite a bit of existential debate about the, the magic circle where it sits where it's going particularly yeah. in, 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 in the US. Um, there was a paper, wasn't there, recently, which James Booth featured quite heavily in Financial News, looking at the fact that the magic circle has to merge or, you know, it's, it, it's game over. Um, and it's a bit like the accountants moving into law, isn't it? It's flared up every decade or, or, or so. Um, yeah. And people really look at it. Uh, and, and I think Chris has um, given a, you know, lifted the bonnet up and made some very interesting you know observations um, and you know potential you know potential routes, but it's absolutely this in the eye of the storm at the moment, isn't it? You know, in terms of the magic circle and. But yeah, I think in the PC rates, some you know points that have been raised in the industry for a number of years uh, have been discussed um, over and over again. Um, something that kind of struck me in a way was the point about that he was making about you know a no having. 40 new US partners in the last two years and Freshfield, I can remember how many, but all the partners that they've hired in the Silicon Valley, especially are all very big ticket guys that earn 10 million a year. Um, I mean, I I think that's an interesting point, but I I think that point to me is kind of, um, I I wonder how, you know, the the partnership on this side of the ocean would would feel about, the US fee earners earning that much considering that it's not they're not earning the same um and they're working really hard to you know make their own money um I just think it's it's you know where's the vision here and 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 are you actually making a return on investment for that kind of firm where you're investing in the US with these really important hires or many hires and and you're not going to see a return on investment for a while unless you're extremely lucky and it's it's a real gamble, and um, I don't know if if you know, whether that's right or not. I don't know. I guess we'll see in the next decade. Um, yeah, I think I think that is a is a good point. Uh, the, the one thing that occurs to me is you know yes have all you know the heavy hitting partners and all that sort of stuff, but you've got to have some infrastructure as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Freshfields have um, some um, quite of major roles 
outside of the the um the, the domain lawyers over in over in the US. Pretty sure the CMO is there and others as well. So I think where things have gone wrong in the past is where firms have thrown a lot of money at um, you know big main partners they yeah. come across and there's not necessarily the infrastructure to support them below mm. that. Um, and I think firms have learned for that. And I think Freshfields particularly um, are, are doing quite a good job in getting that getting, getting that right. Mm. Um, it's also a question of timing, isn't it? How how long is it before something is is deemed a success or or, or otherwise? Yeah. And I think our sector is really really short termist in some 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 respects. You know, it's amazing how one year you know a certain firm is perceived to be doing really well, and then it's not, and then it is, and then it isn't, et cetera, et cetera. So yeah. I, I I think you have to take a more much more long term play, particularly at the moment where everything is so volatile. You might be, I don't know, if you're a Freshfields or a Lignators, have a kind of bumpy couple of years financially in the in the US, but over five years it might look, you know, it might look a lot better. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing I think is really valid is is this. So uh, I was over in, in New York in April and May, and um, it was a really busy week, and I saw lots of CMOs, uh, I saw heads of comms, and a number of partners. And one of the things that was made crystal clear to me is there's not a massive amount of intrinsic interest in the UK market Mm -hmm. and what the magic circle are doing and not doing. I asked, you know, some people that I consider very, very impressive what they thought of how the magic circle were doing in the US and that they didn't really know, um, which was um, really interesting. Um, And, you know, it made you feel as if you were from quite a small island Um, and that US legal market is is really, really vast. And I think that, that the US, looks at the UK as a legal market. It's just one of a number of key interesting interesting mm. markets. It's not New York and London side by side and then anything yeah. else. So we must be cognizant of that and, and be quite humble, I think. Uh, and I think you've got to look at the, the progress or otherwise of the of, of the magic circle firms in the US under that under uh, you know from, from from that point of view. It's yeah. a big old it's a big old scary market over there for sure. Yeah, yeah, I can imagine. Um, yeah, I feel like um, the term magic circle it is only magic relative to the UK, and even now <laughs> within its own market, they still have that kind of you know title. But I feel like they are under a bit of a threat. I don't think too much of a threat still, but it might be a different discussion in 20 years. But um, yeah, I do feel like, you know, the, the magic might actually be currently fading. I don't know about you, Ben, but that, that's just the way I feel when you see these kind of um, really important partners moving out of the firms and, and going into these US firms here in London, um, which we've we've seen for quite a few years now. Um, you you kind of start to think, are, are they still really magic? You know, um, can we, is it still relevant to call them that? Um, do they still have, yeah, do, do they still have that that magic that that we assign to them for, you know, 30 years or whatever? Um, There's definitely in a challenging place, aren't they? Because as you say, you know, you've had a lot, a number of big ticket partners join, you know, Laban Watkins, Kirkland, et cetera, from the magic circle firms, particularly in the private equity space. Um, and then you've got the tier below the magic circle, the silver circle, and some of the other firms are just set up to be more innovative mm-hmm. um, in the way that they deliver services to clients, alternative delivery models, et cetera. So the thing I do think is they are pretty special places. 
I think that they do they do have points of differentiation against the U.S. firms, don't they? Um, yeah. in, in some respects, uh, and uh, you know, in terms of culture, collegiality, I, I think those qualities are, are important. But there is something in that, isn't there? That you know, they do have a different culture, not just on remuneration, yeah. uh, but 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 in terms of colleg- you know, collegiality. I think that the numbers of business services staff uh, to to partners is higher than the magic circle firms, and that leads to a different you know collaborative type of culture. Uh, so I think these things can be you know to coin a phrase, bigged up a little bit more than they 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 they, they have been. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. And that brings us to, to our next story. Um, in I think that was in uh, the Horizon and the Lawyer, um, where um, basically it was um, Rachel Mulney who wrote this piece this week about how um, I think it was at Latham and Watkins, wasn't it, uh, where uh, a lot of the lawyers that had been made uh, partner had actually almost fast tracked into the partnership because they had moved firms. Uh, am I explaining that right? <laughs> Yeah, you are. The, 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 it was a, it was a, it was a really good, interesting horizon piece where talk, Rachel was talking about that people would, you know, deliberately um, move firms to kickstart their path to to to, to partnership, mm-hmm. uh, which again sort of links back to the uh, tenuously, but our previous piece where we were looking at, you know, people's people's wanting partnership or or, or you know or otherwise, and you know you're in a firm for the long haul. You start off as a trainee and you kind of move through the PQE levels and lo and behold, you're, you're a partner age 33, 34. Yeah. People are wanting to jumpstart or leapfrog a little bit of that process and are moving firms to, 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 to do that. Uh, and and uh, there's some really good, yeah, as there usually is in those horizon pieces, quite good analysis of some numbers that support that view. Um, uh, you know, and that, that's interesting, isn't it? That partnership historically was almost partly a reward for staying in one place for whatever it is yeah. seven, seven eight years from you know from a, from, from a trainee um and, and now it's becoming sort of acceptable to perhaps i don't know if you're at three four years in to target a move to a another firm just because so you can make partner after a year or so of, of, mm. of, of getting there worth keeping an eye on that i think definitely and and i think even now that we're in a recession and you know firms might want to keep their partnerships really small and maybe make the promotions round slightly smaller we'll see how that pans out i might be completely wrong but i feel like uh, you know what happens if you're a senior associate and you've been at a firm and and you're like gosh i was hoping to make partner next year or something and now that might not be a prospect anymore you know i'd be really keen to hear from recruiters about this actually and, and see what they expect to see in terms of behaviors from from associates and and whether they think it's going to make them want to move more or want to stay where they are because you would have you would want to keep to be where you are to keep your salary right but then again you're not guaranteed that there's not going to be a redundancy round <laughs> depending on the firm that you're in you know it's it's just really tricky um yeah, yeah. i think at, at the bottom line when it, it, tough economic times um kick in it's a lot of a more it's a much more punchy decision to to change jobs during mm. during that kind of time than than, than if times are booming that's just that's just key i think um yeah so it's all it's it's it's, it's all a balance isn't it yeah definitely uh next story um again i think um this is a very kind of heavy week in terms of um 
law firm structure, but there was a, a piece today um, in, on law.com uh, by Krishna Nair about how sometimes actually being a smaller firm might be beneficial. Um, and um, I don't know, I just thought that was a really interesting one because you see a lot of firms, I mean, you know, wanting to expand and being like, you know, we're, 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 proud, proud, we're proud that we have, um, you know, X number of lawyers across so many offices across the world and, and we keep adding offices every six months or something. And it's like, well, that's nice, but is it really a virtue? Does that say a lot about the quality of the work that you're producing? You know, are you actually making any money or is that actually a liability to be this big? And and I don't know, in terms of culture as well, we're, we're going to come back to that. I mean, as you said at Slaughter and May, and I, I've not worked there obviously, but I did get that sense from just talking to people there that it, it was just such a, a, a different culture to other firms that I might have covered before when I was a journalist. So, and you could genuinely feel that in the people that you were talking to. Um, and, and I think, you know, th there's definitely an argument for bigger firms, especially right now with a recession where, you know, might your, your, um, how, how large you are, it might, it might it become a liability in the end, you know, it, it, it's really difficult. I don't know what you think. I, I think there's two points. I think it's actually what you do is as important as your size. So if you are a really, really large firm, presumably the theory is that you are completely full service and you can do everything in every country in the world and that, all that sort of stuff. And yeah. the point about that is that you're hedged, whatever, you know, whatever happens, you know, in boom times, you've got uh, a good, you know, M&A practice doing lots of lovely big M&A deals and private deals and things. When things get rough, you've got a, a, a litigation practice that will, you know, the theory always is that there's an For increase sure. in dispute, and et cetera, et cetera. You know the argument. If you're small and, and full service, you're pretty vulnerable to people leaving um, mm. or something going a bit wrong somewhere. You've just got less slack in the business, haven't you? I think mm. what's interesting is if you've got smaller firms like someone like, I don't know, Bristow's, for example, who are yeah. a really good firm, really good IP firm, and they know what they, you know, they know what they're about in 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 that area. Yeah. So so I think Chris's piece as ever with 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 Chris is, you know, thoughtful and, uh, and 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 well put together. But I think it's also interesting to have a look at not just the size of the firms, but what they do. Yeah. Um, you know, smaller firms that are full service, a very different beast to smaller firms that specialize in a certain area or built around the one or two practice areas or, or, or sectors, aren't they? Definitely. And I feel like, you know, if you take the litigation boutiques, I, I think they're always doing fairly well. Um, you know, firms like Dixon Minto as well, you never hear about them or what they're up to or anything like that. They're quite private, but, you know, um, they must be doing really well and they're very well regarded in the market and, and and they didn't need to be that big as well. It's just really interesting. Maybe actually, if you want to get small, you might actually want to specialize. Um, <laughs> I don't know. It's it's quite... Well, well it's, it, it's, you only have to look at Byfield, mate, don't you? I mean, we yeah. are built around the, the, the legal sector. Uh, you know, we are a good size, uh, 20 or so strong, but we don't want to be 150 people and turn oh, into yeah. a massive agency doing everything for everybody that's not what we're here to do and i think firms like dixon minto are similar in, in in terms of the service that they provide on on you know in, in in the legal sector you know you know who you are you know what you're about and you you put everything behind that and and, and off you go yeah. um, 
I think that if we, you know, decided to specialize in a number of other sectors and things that we struggle a bit without the scale. So that's kind of my, that's kind of my point. Yeah, I think that's a, I think that's a fair point. It's, it's a brand point, Meg. You know, if your brand, <laughs> yeah. if your brand is strong and easily identifiable uh, for, for what it is and what you, what you do, if you take a Dentons and a DLA Piper, huge part of their brand is scale, isn't it? And, and good yeah. luck to them for that. Um, do people generally have a forensic knowledge of, 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 of their practice areas and things? Probably not, but they just assume that they can do pretty much anything anywhere. Uh, yeah. And that's fine, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. And that brings us to our last story of the week. Um, so that was in CTAM, um, and I think that was Louis Goss who wrote that story. Um, but it was a story uh, on DWF introducing some policies um, to help support all of its staff and lawyers um, that might be suffering with menopause um, symptoms. Um, I, I was actually shocked because in that report, there was a stat saying that one in 10 British women leave their workplace because of menopause. Uh, I did not realize it was this high. I was really surprised. Um, but I mean, kudos to DWF. I think a couple of other firms have done something similar. Uh, and I have no doubt we'll see more and more firms doing the same thing. I will say, however, that there was no detail as to what was what the support actually looked like within the firm. You know, whether that's more, you know, days off or I don't know what that looks like. Um, but I'd be keen to know. Um, and it's it's kind of interesting to see that these issues are starting to be recognized, especially to retain kind of um, older talent at firms. It's just really interesting. So I'm a bloke, so obviously I've got to be careful with what I say, and I can't talk from, 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 from experience. However, I think clearly you've got um, a, a, a demographic there that are hugely experienced um, and, and have a, a massive amount to offer of, of whichever firm they happen to, to be in. Yeah. And um, therefore, I think supporting um, them makes just good business sense, doesn't it? As well as being oh, the yeah. right as well as being the right thing to do. Um, you've probably got a number of, you know, huge amount of people who are head of a practice area or a business service team or very senior. Uh, it makes sense to, you know, to, 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 to invest in them as well as being absolutely 100% the right thing to do. Um, definitely. I, think, I think it's great. Good luck to DWF. I think they've been, done the right thing there. Yeah, definitely. Uh, and also, you know, even not just business services, but even in terms of lawyers, I'm surprised this was not done before, because when you think about it, like women have been in law for 100 years now <laughs> in the UK. Um, and you would have thought that this type of thing would have been thought about maybe, you know, 30 years ago. It's surprising that it's, it's getting there. It, progress is very slow, right? And I'm glad to see that it's happening. And I, I hope to see more firms doing something similar. Yeah. But uh, yeah, um, I think it could have been done a bit earlier. <laughs> so I, I, I think I'm trying to get myself out of um, a, a, a rabbit hole that I, I'm not qualified <laughs> to, to, to go into. But I do think it's good because it just reflects the fact that your, you know, your firm regards you as a human being. Oh, yeah, uh, for sure. And, and that is absolutely something that has got a lot better, I think, in recent times. So everybody uh, has a life. They have, you know, they have ups and downs and difficult times in it, uh, and, and 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 good times, and 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 you don't have to wear a mask and you know be some robot when you you, you yeah. come to work. Uh, and I think you're seeing that across the whole sector now, as well as more 
broadly in corporate life and that's got to be a fantastic thing isn't it yeah it is it is I mean I, you know the news is actually really good um I'm not being critical you know of GWF itself but uh, yeah uh, I would love to see more firms implementing this type of stuff um, and and to actually get the detail as to what they're doing and how they're supporting people and you know kind of see the allyship as well in that kind of area it's just really important and it just you just look good as a as a business to do this um, you're gonna you're gonna have people wanting to work for you for sure so um my goodness you commit a lot of hours don't you when you're yeah, working yeah. in big law let's not let's, let's not say that you don't and you know a recognition that you but a your time outside that um is, is sometimes challenging um and you know you don't necessarily come to work you know all, all sparkly and one 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 hundred percent all of all of the time um i think you only have to look at the great strides that firms have made around mental health yeah, um, absolutely. Know, really, to, to acknowledge that that's the that that that's the case, and um, I think we're all the better for that. For that, I really do. Yeah, definitely. And I feel like law is is going faster on these things than other sectors, like the financial sector, for example. So yeah, no, well done. Uh, and and you have to get your foot through the door to bring out even more progress later on. So it's just really good. Um, on that note, uh, we'll end the podcast here for this week. Uh, thank you so much for tuning in. And don't forget to subscribe if you haven't already. And uh, we'll be back next week for another episode of Council Culture. You've been listening to Council Culture, the Business of Law podcast brought to you by Byfield. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to subscribe and join us again next week. We'll be discussing some more of the biggest stories in the legal sector.